Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is race day at the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Max Verstappen takes a Barcelona Grand Slam, winning the race from pole, having led every lap and setting the fastest lap of the race. Mercedes ended the day considerably encouraged about its latest upgrades after powering to its first double podium of the year and just its fourth since 2021. And there was some considerable controversy over a penalty that decided the final point of the race, with an excellent drive by Yuki Tsunoda denied by a five-second penalty for pushing Zhou Guanyu off the track. To talk us through all of the action at the Spanish Grand Prix, it's over now to our man on the ground. It's Chris Medlin. Hello everyone, Chris Medland here after the race in Barcelona to try and dissect the Spanish Grand Prix. And it was one that was tough to predict beforehand for every position except first place. I'll give you one guess who won the race. Yep, Max Verstappen once again, but it didn't look like it was going to be simple for him in the build-up. Pretty much everybody was looking to the skies and watching weather radars because there was so much rain around the circuit. Lots of heavy thunderstorms just cropping up in the hills around the track, but the circuit does sit in a bit of a valley. And as those weather fronts kind of moved in towards the circuit, they would just kind of fade out. So we were finding that nothing was actually hitting the track. And we thought it was going to, but everyone was watching it. And it actually had this strange phenomenon where if you stood in the middle of the pit lane and you looked towards the final corner, it was really dark and gray and you thought it was going to rain. But you looked towards the first corner and it's beautiful, bright sunshine and blue skies. So nobody was too sure. It did mean we got an interesting strategic uh, variation on the grid. Every driver started on the soft compound tyre, which was expected to be the preferred tyre, except for the two Red Bull drivers, both Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez on the mediums. Uh, we also had Charles Leclerc, who started from the pit lane, and Logan Sargent too. They went for hards and mediums, respectively, so they were the only differences to everyone else on softs on the grid. And that meant Verstappen was under a little bit of threat when it came to the start of the race because he had Carlos Sainz alongside him, the home hero for Ferrari, on softs, so with a tyre advantage, trying to beat him into Turn 1. And Sainz did get a good start, got a good run at Verstappen. In the end, Verstappen defended the inside line, so Sainz tried to go around the outside, and Verstappen was pretty firm, but did, in Sainz's own words, exactly what he had to do to hold the lead, kind of shut the door on him. So Sainz had to back out of it into second place. Uh, and from then on, Verstappen was just absolutely dominant. The, the only real concern for him was he was exceeding track limits a few too many times when he was struggling slightly on the hard compound tyre, sliding around on low grip, uh, and he just went slightly over the white lines one too many times and got a black and white flag. So a warning that if he went across the limits one more time, he'd get a five second time penalty. Now he still had plenty in hand, even if that had happened, but the team were trying to make sure that he didn't take any risks. And Verstappen still set the fastest lap once he was more comfortable and got rid of the hard compound tires in the final stint. So he was happy enough and managed to make sure that he got full points. And I mentioned the fact that he got fastest lap 
that wasn't the only thing he managed to uh, secure this weekend. He topped every practice session, all of qualifying and led every lap as well. So that extends his lead in the championship to 53 points with Sergio Perez only fourth. It's pretty ominous form uh, and Verstappen says Red Bull need to try and keep improving as well to make sure that they don't slip up and miss opportunities at circuits that maybe don't suit them because maybe the silver lining for neutrals is the fact that this was a track that really suited the car and yet Perez couldn't make it a 1-2 with Mercedes getting in the way. So despite their near 180 mile an hour collision in qualifying, the Mercedes drivers had a much smoother day on Sunday and it was a very encouraging one actually for the team. So Lewis Hamilton started fourth after a penalty for Pierre Gasly after qualifying and he got ahead of Lando Norris into turn one and then Norris ran into the back of him at turn two. Norris got some damage and that ruined his race sadly but Hamilton was fine to continue. Lance Stroll then put a great move on Hamilton around the outside of turn four and into turn five but it didn't take long for Hamilton to then regain that spot pretty easily and then he comfortably cleared Carlos Sainz as well to move into second place using just better strategy. He was looking after his tyres better. So Toto Wolff thought the deficit to Max Verstappen was around 15 seconds rather than the 20 seconds plus it really was over the race distance in reality. And Wolff thinks that Mercedes just is getting much closer. Uh, what would back that up is George Russell because he went from 12th to 3rd so a double podium for Mercedes the first team other than Red Bull to do so this season uh, which is a telling statistic about how dominant Red Bull have been but also how hard it's been for any other team to really get in the mix regularly Uh, some great moves that Russell pulled on his way up to 3rd place including on Sainz late on the breaks into Turn 1 but he also did do well to get a chunk of positions on the first lap when he was forced off at Turn 1 the stewards did look at it and say it was okay and there was no further action or investigation needed but it saw Russell take to the escape road in the runoff area before coming back into the melee and that got him ahead of Sergio Perez crucially Uh, and from there he was more aggressive got further up the field and again with good strategy uh, good tire life from Mercedes today that meant that Russell was able to run longer and he cleared Sainz late on and then had the pace to keep Perez behind as Perez tried to threaten in the final stint. So all of that was looking pretty encouraging for Mercedes. But don't forget, last year was also a false dawn in Spain. Russell was third on that occasion. You might remember he had a great scrap with Max Verstappen during the race. And everyone was thinking, oh, if Mercedes finally worked out how to get their car in the right window and are going to be a threat to Red Bull. Lewis Hamilton was also very quick then too, uh, even though he'd had a puncture from an opening lap collision with Kevin Magnussen and he was well out of position but came through into the points and was one of the quickest drivers on track through the race but that clearly wasn't a good signal for the rest of the year because the next time we went to a street circuit Mercedes were really struggling and they just never really got it together until the end of the year so keep your expectations in check but it was a very good result that does move Mercedes into second place in the Constructors Championship. Now it's Aston Martin that Mercedes has overtaken for second place and that was because Aston had a pretty underwhelming weekend. Apart from Stroll's great start, Fernando Alonso himself made ground two having started from eighth on the grid but the pace just wasn't there in the race. P6 and P7 in the end for those two. Stroll finishing ahead of Alonso, with Alonso actually closing in in the uh, latter stages and having to get on team radio to say, just tell Lance not to worry, I'm not going to put him under any pressure or threaten his position here. I'm just making sure I've got a good gap to the cars behind. Uh, It was a sensible radio message maybe, just to make sure there was no confusion within the team. Uh, Both of them though were behind Carlos Sainz, who was only fifth. So a bit of a shame for the Spanish fans. But if that's a bad weekend for Aston Martin, it's not terrible. I mean, they've made a big step forward this year they were running second in the constructors championship until this weekend Uh, it's just the first time the car hasn't been quick out of the box Uh, it's a track that 
The team had to work hard at but just couldn't find the pace. Where previously Alonso said whenever they've just got to FP1, they've had a rough idea of what they need from their setup, from the car, and they've been able to get it close to the perfect window, and they've just made small adjustments and had the pace straight away. That wasn't the case here in Barcelona. Uh, on a track that was very high speed, we had the, the last two corners that were so exciting for the drivers, but did also seem to separate teams into good on your tyres and not good on your tyres. Uh, and Aston Martin weren't great on them. They're really struggling on certain compounds. So it just didn't come together. But they still outscored Ferrari with Leclerc only 11th after a tough race trying to climb through the field from the pit lane. Leclerc looked like at times he had some good pace, but it just it never was consistent, which has been an issue for Ferrari this year. Plus, there were no yellow flags or retirements to help him make further progress, which is the second time in three races we've had that stat after Miami a few weeks ago. There was one incident in the race though, and it did lead to a penalty. It came quite late on, and it was between Yuki Tsunoda in the Alpha Tauri and Guan Yu Zhou in the Alpha Romeo. Now with 12 laps to go, going into turn one, Zhou was attacking Tsunoda and he went to the outside, and he felt that he'd got ahead heading towards the apex, and then towards the exit, he felt that Tsunoda was just drifting across and forcing him out of the road. So Zhou took to the runoff area, rejoined behind him, uh, with a lot of dirt on his tyres and actually struggled a bit then, so had to regather himself uh, and chase down Sonoda again and wasn't actually able to put a move on him. But he didn't need to because Sonoda got a five-second time penalty. The stewards felt that he had forced Joe off the track and that he deserved the penalty for that. But because it was close, it meant that Joe was promoted to ninth place at the flag and Sonoda went from ninth to twelfth and didn't score a point. Both of them put together great drives today. Uh, it wasn't the most thrilling race at times. There was some good strategy, some good racing, but these were two of the standout drives, actually, uh, from the way they moved forward in the race. And Joe did deserve that ninth place, but Sonoda also deserved a point from his perspective. And from both sides of the story, Joe said it was an obvious penalty in his view that, that Yuki had opened the wheel and let off the brake a bit to try and force him off track and stop him overtaking. Whereas Sonoda said it was ridiculous and felt it was really harsh. Now, it did feel harsh, to be honest, watching it. It looked like a bit of firm racing, but that Sonoda was just trying to defend his position and break late on the inside, where it can also be dirty because the racing line is on the outside as you head into the corner. If I'm Joe, I'm annoyed that I've been pushed off, but if, I, if I'm Sonoda, I'm trying to hold on to the position as hard as I can. And it was firm racing. It, it felt like it could have gone either way. But in the end, it went against Sonoda and he missed out on the points. He does need to be careful what he says, though, because earlier in the day, before the race took place, uh, Gunter Steiner received a reprimand from the stewards for comments he'd made about the stewards in Monaco. Uh, Steiner was calling for professional stewards moving forward. Uh, he described the current system as full of laymen. Uh, and what he meant by that was that they're not paid professionals. So they're volunteers. He appreciates the time they give up, but that he felt the system needs full-time paid professionals uh, and an overhauling, really, because Formula One is such an intense and full-time global sport that is worth millions and millions of pounds and dollars to every single team at the end of the season. So small mistakes could prove very, very costly. The stewards didn't like what Steiner said. They gave him a reprimand uh, because they felt that the way he used certain terminology uh, did cause offence, even if it wasn't intended to. And Steiner did apologise, said he didn't intend to cause offence, and quite amusingly said if he wanted to cause offence, he would have used some very different language. And uh, ironically, the stewards said, yeah, we don't dispute that. So I think they were aware that Steiner 
wasn't trying to cause offence but did manage to and that's why he got that warning but I imagine he's not happy about the way uh, he's been criticised for that or even just the summons and the hearing that took place so at least there's two weeks now for everyone to call off before we head to Canada and we might see something a little bit more competitive there but quite a few teams that after this weekend will be looking to make a step forward Mercedes will want to close the gap more to Red Bull Red Bull will obviously want to maintain their advantage but Ferrari and Aston Martin will be looking to bounce back in Montreal Thanks very much to Chris Medland, who's been in Barcelona all weekend, bringing us the latest from the Spanish Grand Prix. You'll hear from Chris again later in the season, but for now you can find him on social media. Just check the links in the show description. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Canadian Grand Prix in two weeks' time by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.